How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees. Taking a look at some spring training updates today. Andreas Shaparo, one of Ryan's favorite young prospects, really coming to camp looking a little bit thinner, looking like he is powerful, man. His stature in the batter's box is a sight to behold. He is just a massive human being. And a lot of people are saying he could be a third baseman for the Yankees, maybe a future option there. I'd love to get your take on Andreas Shaparo, what you think he can do if he can make this 26-man roster. We're going to talk about the early impressions of Anthony Volpe, Oswald Peraza, and a guy like Johnny Brito out of the bullpen who's really looked sharp, and I'm excited to see him. I think uh, he's one of the guys we should keep an eye on during live action tomorrow, 1 p.m. Um, against the Phillies, so going to be really fun to see some of these youngsters really take on some live talent and showcase what they can do in a live setting. You know, batting practice against your own guys, the pressure's down, there's really not much, uh, you know, energy going, so it's a little bit of a different kind of element and a different kind of scenario, but these live action games should give us a lot of sample size and um, hopefully we get to see some significant at-bats for uh, the main prospects here that we're hoping can make the roster. But Ryan, before we dive into it, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, looking at Andre Shaparo, you know, you guys mentioned uh, just you, you mentioned just how powerful he is right now. He is. I mean, he's someone who's put up monster exit velocities before. We've seen him clock it up to uh, over 112.5 miles an hour in the Arizona Fall League. Apparently he hit a ball 117 miles an hour, but sometimes those exit velocities can be misreads. But it, he definitely can hit the ball really hard. Uh, and a big thing here, and, and I uh, detailed this a little bit in an article I have coming out probably around the time this video comes out or maybe later. Uh, you know, uh, Shaparo is someone who pulls the ball plenty so he gets out in front of the baseball uh which should allow you to you know generate um you know higher distances on your fly balls and he hits plenty of them um but typically that comes with the trade-off of making earlier swing decisions which makes you chase more and that should make you swing and miss more inherently but Andre Shapar walked over nine percent of the time last year and struck out under 20 percent of the time last year so this is a guy who already knows how to get out in front of the baseball and pull it this is a guy who already knows how to generate you know um generate his game power uh, raw power into game power as he hit 20 home runs uh, and under 300 at-bats last year. And, and then the most important thing here is he can consistently make contact while making these early swing decisions. This should allow him to really translate to the major league level very well because worst case scenario, if, he, if he's having whiff issues, he can kind of, you know, dial back the pull rate and, and you know, sit a little bit back a little bit more. Um, and that could allow him to make a little more contact or adjust to better breaking pitches at the major league level. Um, the power is just so darn good. And you mentioned the, the frame. Um, you know, a couple people down there have talked about just how, I mean, he looks looks like he is just in the best shape of his life in terms of, you know, having muscle and really looking uh, like someone who can generate power pretty easily. Um, you know, I, when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at his frame, John Brophy on Twitter uh, said that he couldn't even recognize Shaparo. And he's someone who's watched Shaparo plenty over the last year or so. Um, and he said he couldn't really recognize him just because of how darn, like just how good of a shape he is. So um, that's a big step for him that should allow him to play third base a little better. Um, you know, he also has played some first base before. So there's that corner infield utility. And with Stan playing some right field and Judge playing left field a little bit more, you could get some more DH reps open. So maybe Shaparo hits his way uh, into a major league call up at some point. But I'm really impressed by him so far, and I'm really excited for what he's going to do this spring. Yeah, I mean, he most likely starts in AAA. Obviously, he was with Somerset last year, played 64 games at 289 with a 37% on base rate, 19 homers, 52 RBIs. The guy's got ridiculous power. I'd love to see him transition to Scranton this year, see if he can kind of pull in Oswaldo uh, Cabrera and, you know, look good, get called up at some point. If Stanton goes down for any reason, knock on wood, maybe they use him as a DH, as you mentioned. So there's kind of ways the Yankees can get him involved. <clears throat> 
Um, but looking at Volpe and Peraza, they've been tremendous to start camp. You know, Volpe showcasing that contact hitting quality. Um, he is able to slap the ball every which direction. His entire process, fielding ground balls and, you know, looking like a defensive stud, he's been pretty smooth in that regard as well. Now, Peraza's the gold glover here, or at least the gold glove quality um, player at this point in time. Hopefully, he wins a gold glove in 2023, but I'll tell you this right now. Every day I watch Anthony Volpe, the more ready I feel like he is to make that jump right now, even though he only has like 20 games or so with Scranton and AAA. Every time I see the guy, every time I see his swing, every time I see him field a ground ball, everything he does just looks professional ready. He looks like he's ready to make that jump. Now, the great thing about what uh, the Yankees have in the kind of the scenario unfolding is that they have no reason to rush Anthony Volpe. You know, it's not like they don't have shortstops ready to play right now. It's not like they have multiple infield spots open for the taking. They have so many players as, you know, what most would consider a log jam. You know, you have Oswald Peraza, you have even Cabrera, who Aaron Boone said he coins mostly as an infielder. You have Glaber Torres, Isaiah Conifalefa, um, Josh Donaldson, DJ LeMahieu. There's too many players to go around. Obviously, you need to get DJ LeMahieu into the lineup every single day. Glaber Torres is a cemented second baseman right now shortstop leaning Peraza and then Josh Donaldson who Boone has already coined as the starting third baseman so where does Volpe play that's that's kind of a good thing is that they can have him get some real uh, some real action against MLB level talent now and then not not have to rush him into uh, a starting role they can ease him in transition him at the right timing figure out the value of guys like Torres if he's playing well maybe they want to flip him in a trade um but how do you feel about Volpe looking so sharp right now, showcasing all of the qualities that we've come so uh, we've read a lot about for the last couple of years, to be honest. And then him kind of putting it on the field, of course, live action will give us a lot more of a sample size and legitimate justifications based on those um, expectations. But so far, how are you feeling about these young players um, and kind of when they may get called to because of the, the quality they've shown? Yeah, so Anthony Volpe, um, again, it's a matter of, you know, the Yankees are going to figure out two things in this spring training. Number one, um, you know, how ready is he for the major league level, whether that's starting him in major league, at the major league level, or expecting that, quite frankly, he's going to go out there and uh, just clobber uh, baseballs uh, at AAA, and they can kind of speed up his development a little bit, say, eh, give it a month, and, you know, just come back up. Um, and, and another thing here that's just as important is, where is Anthony Volpe going to play? Is it going to be shortstop, second base, third base, right? Like, we still don't know. And that's not a bad thing. I, I don't want a lot of people to interpret this as, oh, the Yankees don't they're doing look they're already messing with this kid they're playing him out of position they're putting judge in different position doing this and that no this is a good thing the Yankees are quite frankly um an underrated criticism I have of the team is that sometimes I feel like they're too static in terms of uh just their lineups right I'm not saying that Boone doesn't play around with the lineup order but man he really doesn't push the envelope in terms of getting guys at different positions enough I think that he faces a lot of criticism when he does so and I actually embrace it I think Boone is someone who you know gets a lot of criticism for being like a, a puppet of a G of a manager but quite frankly I think that the there is some creative ability there for him to, you know, I like what he's telling us so far this spring with, with the creativity, with the defensive assignments, you know? Yeah. I want to see Volpe at third base. What if the Yankees, what if Donaldson sucks and you have to put Volpe at third, right? You know, what am I going to bench Torres to put LeMahieu at third and, and, you know, go from there and, I got to factor Glaber completely out of the lineup. I don't want to do that, right? Especially if Glaber's hitting well. Guys, This there's a chance Glaber goes out and, you know, hits nearly 30 home runs and has a WRC plus north of 120, right? Why am I going to get rid of that upside? I'm not going to do that. This is a kid who's really talented, right? And this isn't a diss on LeMahieu either, but may the best man win this job, right? And, and quite frankly, um, if I'm entering May and I have, you know, Glaber's the best infielder on the team offensively, right? I, I don't care that, oh, well, you're going to end up trading Glaber eventually, so why do you care about giving him playing time? 
I care about winning the World Series. The Yankees are going to do whatever they can to put their best foot forward in 2023, and that includes playing the best players. One thing that they didn't have last year was they did not have the young talent ready to kind of fill in for veterans that are struggling. I know everyone wanted Peraza to come up sooner. Peraza didn't have a WRC plus above, above 100 in the AAA until like mid-August, right, or, or late July. Um, you know, it wasn't until the Yankees didn't really start struggling big time until August, and Peraza was finally getting his foot, you know, his footing at AAA. Are you going to call up a guy the second he gets comfortable at AAA? How does that mess with his development, right? You know, you, you have to... These are, these are decisions that are tough to make. It's not as cut and dry as just call him up. Cabrera had shoulder surgery or a shoulder issue, and he had to, you know, rehab. He wasn't back until after the All-Star break, and he wasn't fully comfortable until after the All-Star break. So, you know... Volpe wasn't ready for the major league level. Dominguez and Pereira, you you weren't considering these guys, right? Well, same thing. But, you know, Shaparo as well, as we mentioned. But but now these guys are entering the stages of their career where maybe not Dominguez yet, maybe he's a year away. But these guys are serious contenders to play at the major league level this year, right? So, you know, when it comes to competition for these veterans, you know, Donaldson can't have an 85 WRC plus in, in May and still be on this team. I'm sorry, that's that, that could fly last year. It's not going to fly this year. There's too much competition on the roster, right? You know, can DJ LeMahieu get away with starting at a 100 WRC plus for all the games that he was healthy for like he did in 2021? No, that's not going to fly either. And Glaber too, if Glaber struggles, he's going to find his way on a different team pretty quickly or find his way on the bench pretty quickly, right? The Yankees have a lot of young talent and they got to figure out where these guys are more comfortable. But end of the day, you know, I'm very excited that they have this young talent to kind of fill in when certain veterans inevitably either underperform or get hurt. Yeah, that's and I think that's a really good point is that we have too much great young talent to be idly waiting for, you know, these veterans to like bounce back from bad performances. Aaron Hicks has like two years of downplay. If he's struggling again, give the job to Oswaldo Cabrera. Let him get a crack. Try to roll with a hot hand. If Josh Donaldson can't hit the broad side of a barn, you got a bunch of different guys who can play third base. DJ LeMay, they're working out Volpe there. They're working out Peraza there. Um, there's so many things that we can do to avoid going through these bad stretches of, of veteran play. And ultimately, like, the Yankees don't have to have to kind of live through it anymore because we have these young guns ready to make that transition now. Peraza, you saw the home run yesterday, Ryan. I think you posted it on the socials. He absolutely freaking murdered that baseball, and he walked away like it was nothing. Underrated power. His pull power is pretty solid. You know, he's got great defensive traits. We already know he has a gold glove level glove. And when you're looking at... Um, what his offensive profile is made up of, you know, he can hit for contact, but really he's not going to get up. He's not going to be a big walk guy, maybe 6%. You're looking at, um, you know, maybe he strikes out 25%, but if he can just hit for contact and have some of that underrated power, like basically be IKF, but with power, that would be ideal for me, you know, cause IKF, what is he? He's walk, he's not walking a, a tremendous amount, but he also only strikes out like a 15%, maybe less than that 13 to 15% clip. I don't think that Peraza is gonna hover, is gonna hover around that because I think he's gonna strike out a little bit more, especially because he's a lot more inexperienced at this point in time. But the power metric is where he fits the Yankee mold perfectly. The question is, you know, how many games do you think he ends up playing this year? Because I think the steamer projections only have him playing like sixty three games, which isn't a lot. You know that that suggests that IKF gets the majority of the season at shortstop. Do you think that that's realistic? Do you think that Peraza probably gets somewhere in like the hundred plus range where I think he could probably hit double digit home runs and, and serve a pretty uh, good factor on the offensive side too? Yeah, so the way I view it is Aaron, uh, not Aaron Judge, Oswald Peraza is the starting shortstop. I hope Aaron Judge is in the starting lineup. I imagine he's starting. Um, but Oswald Peraza is probably the starter. I don't see IKF taking his job unless Peraza were to get hurt. Um, you know, 
ultimately, that's why I kept it still here in my eyes, that because there's that factor of, you know, you got to have insurance in case something happens to Raza in spring. Uh, but once the Yankees get past spring, Ikef's need may not be as, they may not need him as much. So, you know, I, I think they're going to keep him around at least for a little bit in spring at this point. Um, but, you know, looking at Peraza, as you mentioned, the power's underrated, man. I mean, you know, last year he topped out at like 109.6 miles an hour at AAA or 109.7, which is above average for max exit velocity. Uh, but, you know, the year before that, he's reached exit velocities north of 110 miles an hour, right? Like, th th this is a dude with some really good power. Um, and you mentioned yesterday, I mean, he absolutely demolished that baseball. That was a really, really, really uh, positive sign um quite frankly if Oswald Peraza can give you you know 130 games 140 games of elite defense you know good base running which he's done his whole career which not I mean not even just good excellent he's been an excellent base runner um and gives you a 95 to 100 WRC plus that's a three to three and a half war player you just want that WRC plus to improve throughout the season right um you want you know obviously I, I don't know if he starts out strong or starts out slow because last year started out strong so a little bit like not sure what that number looks like but um you know there is that inevitable slowdown you know what I mean that it happens to our rookies where, where they just struggle for a little bit right even Aaron Judge I would say Aaron Judge probably had the best rookie season uh for any guy in really recent memory outside of maybe Mike Trout in his rookie year uh, and he had that stretch where he was just awful right that happens to rookies um so end of the day Peraza I think is the starter I think Steamer's low on his games played because as you mentioned IKF is still on the roster so you know they, they don't really have the same adjustments for playing times that we have you know like we can kind of assume we kind of know that Peraz is going to be a starter. This happens with relievers too. They'll have guys, you know, project to pitch 50 innings that aren't really a lock to make the roster. Um, but end of the day, man, Peraz is really, really, really darn good. I think he's a really talented player. Um, and I, I think a lot of Yankee fans um, are going to be upset if he's a league average hitter. But I, I quite frankly would say if he's a league average hitter, he's going to be a really good shortstop at the major league level because of the, the other things he does very well. Absolutely. And, and you know what I love the most about all of these guys is that they're, none of them are distractions. You know, we, we talk about the tangible traits, but how about the intangibles, the leadership qualities, the good persona, the good character of all of these young prospects? Oswaldo Cabrera, the guy is just a walking ball of energy. He's like the energizer bunny. You love to have a guy like that who can really make things happen. When he makes a big play, he lets everybody know he he's fueled by that energy. Oswald Peraza, same thing. He just he's calm, he's cool, he's collective, he's doing his job, he's doing what he's got to do to make this roster. Anthony Volpe, you might not find a more confident guy than that. He and the reason he is confident is because he puts in the time. You know, Anthony Volpe is great <laughs> not because he is physically gifted. It's because the guy has worked day and night for his entire life for this opportunity, you know? And not to say the other guys haven't, but Anthony Volpe was born and bred to do this. You know what I mean? Like he is, he he's like one of those like show dogs. Like he is supposed to be, this is what he's supposed to be. And it's finally coming to fruition. We're finally seeing all of those tools right in front of us because I know a lot of people aren't watching the Somerset games or the Scranton games and we're not seeing it in live action. But now spring training, all eyes are on these guys. We have firsthand access to it. And it's really fun to kind of see all of them, all of these tools right in front of us where we can digest it and say, this guy's a freaking stud. So I'm excited, guys. I know you guys are. We'd love to hear your perspectives on guys like Andres Chaparro, Johnny Brito, Anthony Volpe, Peraza. Obviously, we're going to be discussing these in detail tomorrow. We have our first game, so we'll go through all the top performers, and obviously, a lot of information will come from that, and we're excited to break it down for you on Fireside Yankees. But as always, my friends, make sure to like and subscribe as always, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.